Hey there. Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing to our big time talker podcast. We are everywhere. You can get podcasts today, Spotify, uh, Amazon, iTunes, iHeartRadio, the blog talk radio network. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. New episodes come out every Tuesday right here. And uh, we're made possible by our friends at speakermatch.com, the world's largest online virtual speakers bureau. If you're a meeting planner, or you're a platform speaker. Well, in-person meetings and events are starting to come back along with online presentations and uh, speakers and meeting planners can find one another courtesy of our friends at speakermatch.com. Speakermatch put us in touch with today's guest on the program. Tani Lee Larson is an Amazon best-selling author. She's written four books and she has a pretty amazing background, yet she still comes out smiling and, uh, and we love that about her. I think uh, today's show will be very empowering to our listeners, and uh, it's, it's some tough stuff. I will tell you, we're going to talk about some things that are a little graphic, so be aware of that if you have young people in the car with you and you're listening. Uh, Tani's new book is Healing Broken Women, and congratulations on Amazon bestseller status. That's great. Thank you, Burke. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. And through the magic of the interweb, uh, Tani joins us from her home in uh, the Intermountain West in Colorado. Um, I want to go back and talk about your story, which is pretty inspiring. You, you uh, are a divorced woman of a sex addict, uh, amongst many other things. And I think that lots of folks who, who hear these stories, immediately the knee-jerk reaction is to go, well, why didn't you just leave the guy immediately? Why did you put up with it? And and I, I guess the answer is different for everyone, but I would pose that to you. So what was it about your ex-husband that was the attraction in the beginning? And, and what was his name? His name was Daryl. And um, sadly, we started off as an affair. So I had um, moved back into town, back to town from leaving the first husband who did the exact same thing and um, met, met him and we started off as an affair. And so that was not a good thing at all. So I should have known that things were not good, right? But um, he was 16 years older than me. Amazing, caring guy, really, really was. I mean, he has a big, big heart and I will forever be grateful for that. I really will. So the attraction um, was the heart? Was it physical? What was the attraction? His heart, very, very caring, very caring guy. Yeah. Now you said, and, and I don't want to move away from this completely. You were married previously and you had an affair with Daryl. So uh, you also said the first guy was very much like Daryl, who you write about in the book. In what ways? Um, well, my first husband was actually physically, um, emotionally, mentally abusive to me as well. And he was also an alcoholic um, who was a hypocrite because of the fact that he was going to Bible college. And that is why I moved away from my hometown. We moved to Salem Springs, um, Arkansas. He was going to go to John Brown University there and, and become a minister and stuff. Um, but we ended up in Kansas City. And then that is when he had an affair with my best friend. And I came back from a visit here and he told me and it just, it just would not work. I mean, he would get so angry at me and 
you know, punch me or choke me. And it was not a good thing. And so I moved back home. And then that is when everything started with Daryl. So, so uh, we should mention that, that uh, Tani is, is now leading counseling groups in her home. She's come through the other side on this. Her new book is actually called Healing Broken Women. Uh, and it deals with her own faith and, and how she sort of put the pieces back together. Um, when you look back on this, because you're now, I mean, you're a mom, you're a grandmother, uh, you've got lots of, of younger women in your life. When you look back to, to your youth, were there things that caused you to be attracted to guys that were not the best guys? Absolutely. You know, and through my recovery um, with that I did with Dr. Doug Weiss up in Colorado Springs that um, he does the 12 steps and he did it for, you know, being a partner of a sex addict or for the sex addicts themselves. And um, it's going all the way back to as far as you can remember what caused this. Mine was the fact that I was molested um, at the age of five. Um, and of course, you're so ashamed of that and you don't know what to do with it and you just hide it forever and ever. And then at the age of um, around 14, my virginity was stolen from me by another family member. And um, so then it's just like, well, you know, having sex is it's just what you do, right? It's just something that's physical. There's no real depth. There's no real meaning to it. And that is sad um, because there is a deeper meaning to it. It is not just a physical thing. It is also a spiritual and a soul thing. Um, and so that became the bottom line of why I chose the men that I did. Plus the fact of not having a very good relationship with my mother. My mother was um, a teen mom. She was pregnant with me before she married my dad. She had been molested by her father for many, many years. Um, and then every time that I would get into trouble, she would throw, this was her sentence back at me. Well, you're just doing that to get back at me. And so that, you know, gave me the idea of relationships are nothing. They're just mean, they're horrible, and you just take what you're given, which is not the way that they're to be at all either. That's a rough childhood. Did, did you uh, remember uh, the encounter when you were five? Did it have to be brought back up through therapy or, or how conscious were you as a, an adult that that happened? Oh, yes, absolutely. I do. Um, I can, my family's always made fun of me because I can remember things so vividly. Um, I was about 18 months old and I can remember my great grandmother. So wow. Yeah, my my memory sometimes is sometimes it's not a good thing. A blessing but, and a curse. Yes, yes. Um, but yes, I did remember that. And so I was able to bring that out and I was able to forgive that person um, because that person is a different person today. So I'm able, well, irregardless, I need to forgive them, right, for myself. But um, when they have made changes, it, it just makes it so much easier. Yes. You know, for, for most of us, Tani, who have not had to deal with that sort of childhood sexual trauma, thank God, um, it, it's hard to wrap your head around. And I wonder um, if it doesn't, if it isn't too difficult for you to talk about what the circumstances were that led up to this, uh, this family member assaulting you when you were 14. How does that even happen? Because come to find out, she had been being molested by her father. This is my mom's sister. 
um, my mom's father did damage to my mom's side of the family and to my siblings and yeah. And, you know, growing up years ago, it's just, you didn't talk about it. You didn't tell anybody, you didn't feel safe enough to tell anybody. And so it just went on and on and on, you know, until finally one of my um, cousins spoke up, you know, and she finally had said something to someone and that's what it took. And it's sad that that goes on, but it happens in so many families, sadly. And it cuts out across all uh, socioeconomic barriers. All oh, right. absolutely. Yep. But that is the reason that I was inappropriately touched because of this person. Because, you know, she was only six years older than me. So we spent tons of time together. I'd always go over and spend the night at my grandma's. So, yeah. Tony Lee Larson is our guest today. Her Amazon bestselling book is Healing Broken Women. She also uh, speaks frequently on, on these topics and, uh, and also does counseling uh, from her home in Colorado. You were how old when you got married the first time? Um, I was almost 18. Well, no, I was 18 and 18 days. Yes, 18 and 18 days. So you're basically um, still a baby at that correct- point. Can, let me just correct you on one little thing real quick before I get into trouble. I don't do counseling. Um, I do mentoring and coaching. Now, now clarify I, the difference for those of us that, that um, may not For counseling, you have to be licensed. I am not a licensed therapist. I have not went to school. The only school that I have went to is life. And for me, that has been the biggest and the greatest teacher. And so I just take what I have learned and what has worked for me, and I try to encourage others through that. Fair enough. Mentoring yes. and coaching is, yes. is what, <laughs> what Tani does. So, so at, at 18 years old, you get married 18 years and, and 18 days. And in many ways, although you're barely a legal adult, you're still a kid. Yes. Um, and, and when in the marriage did things start to go sideways? Um, after we had moved to, well, they were always, (laughs) um, had I known the things that I know today, you know, um, I would have never married him because of the fact he was controlling. If he didn't get his way, he would throw a fit, um, you know, get mad and, and leave or stump off or whatever. And so had I known what I know today, I would have never done that. So That was very poor behavior. Yeah. So it was bad all along then. It was. And I was, I was pregnant. Like I said, you know, sex is just something that you just didn't have fun at. It wasn't sacred. And so I became pregnant before um, I even got married. Yeah. I graduated. I was pregnant two months during school. So thank goodness I graduated. No kidding. Um, Did having a baby make it better? Okay, yeah. And then um, two, two years later, I had my son. So by the age of 21, I had two children. And um, I believe that is when he quit going to John Brown University is when everything kind of started turning. And then we went to Kansas City, and he worked at a car dealership with his brother. And that's, that is really when things went sour because of the fact that then he started smoking dope again. And but the physical stuff, it was just like whenever he would, you know, get upset or whatever. So. And when you say the physical stuff. The choking, the punching. Mm-hmm. 
it's yeah. amazing that you can can be so matter of fact when talking about it and uh i'm sure if you look back on it in your mind's eye it must have been pretty traumatic for a young mom in her early 20s it was and you know you know Bert, the worst part was that my children saw it that's what hurts it's it's not i mean yeah it hurt me but to know the damage that it has done to my children's life um my son is a five-year recovering alcoholic and so you know going through his stuff he'll he'll say mom i remember and that hurts you know that that hurts well sure and and perhaps may have led to the alcoholism you know? absolutely yeah and genetics <laughs> Tony Lee Larson's book is Healing Broken Women, available at Amazon.com. It was an Amazon bestseller, and uh, she's written four books now. Is that right? Yes, sir. That was my fourth one. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. And she does mentoring and coaching as well to help other women who have been involved in similar situations. Yes. Uh, so you then, you're in a bad situation. You have an affair with a new guy, Daryl. Yeah, I was already in the process of divorcing the um, the first husband. Yeah, and then I moved back back home, and um, yeah. And you go from the frying pan into the fire. I mean, it's oh, from bad to worse. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. you said he had a big heart, but that's the good side. Let's talk about the bad side. What else? Well, his big heart, um, though. Um, led to me having an abortion because I got pregnant after we had only been together about five months and his divorce from his wife was not final. And he had a big business in town, didn't want to ruin his reputation. And so I gave in and I had an abortion and it took um, 30 years to even begin healing from that. And And I truly can say that I'm thankful for the journey of having to go through his affairs that led me to the 12 step recovery I went through because then that allowed me to heal from that abortion because I had carried that around and it had caused so many physical and mental emotional issues that, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of that has been dredged back up with the uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. Oh, I am so glad that that happened. I'm, I, I understand that a lot of people aren't, but that, that was an answer to my prayers. Absolutely. Because I know how hard it was on me. I remember waking up on the table and I remember crying so hard. What did I just do? I knew what I had just done. I had given birth to two children. I had seen her ultrasound. I had seen her. And I knew exactly what I had done, but I did it for someone else. I didn't keep her for me. I didn't think of me. I I didn't protect myself. I didn't put my boundaries into place. And so it took um, going through all of that journey of his, you know, affair that constantly went on. And not only did we divorce once, but we divorced twice because I married him again. And within three months, I found out that the affair was still going on. And I said, I'd had enough. I was done, you know, and I allowed him back into my life one more time as a friend to help me while I had to have surgery because I had no one around to help me. And, um, you know, and he came back and said he wouldn't do the poly, wouldn't be accountable. 
And then that's when God said for the seventh, the seventh time, he said, get off of this circus wheel. And I was done. Completion, the perfect number, right? But it took an awful lot for you to it, get to that point. It did, yeah, because I even ended up in jail. So because of Tell the us about that. <laughs> he came home um, after I had received a text message that I knew was not for me. And I told him to get home and to uh, get his crap out. And he just kept confronting me and I told him to get away and he kept pushing me and he backed me up against the counter. And so I took out and I went out into our garage <clears throat> that's attached to the house. And he came out there and I said, why can't you stop hurting me? Why can't you stop hurting our granddaughter? And he just looked at me and he said, I can't. And I slapped him. I got called him a liar. Little did I know that ever, before he ever even got to the house, him and his son had called the police. And they thought that I still had a gun in the house. I did not have a gun in the house. And so um, he did not cooperate with the police, but I spent from Friday at noon till Monday evening at six o'clock in jail. But you know what is so amazing, Burke, about that? Tell me. There is a lady that was in there and we had an acquaintance, a friend, which was her ex-husband at that time, but he was a friend before that. Um, and so she needed some help on some stuff. And um, so she asked me if I would help her. And we sat down and we just started talking. And I just started talking because I've already been in counseling through this whole thing that Daryl had went through and stuff. And so I'm a positive person and I know, I know God. And so I was able just to talk to her. And, you know, she was, she was in there from drinking. And so it was you found some positivity, even behind bars, something good came out of that. Absolutely. Because my, um, my realtor friend who was my boss at one time, um, and he had ministerial rights to come in and he came into the jail before I was ever even booked. And, um, I said, you know what, Kurt, I said, I am in here for some reason. I have lived my life off of Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For every season, there is, a, there is a reason and a purpose under the sun. Everything is for a reason and a purpose. Wow. And for you to have gone through what you've gone through, that's saying something. Our guest is the author of Healing Broken Women. It was one of those broken women. Tani Lee Larson is our guest. Um, she joins us from Colorado. Her books, four of them available at Amazon.com and uh, bookstores everywhere. I'm going to ask a, a tough question. Okay. You, um, you had an affair with a guy that you married, and you clearly expected a different result. So when he had an affair, were you surprised? I was, because it seemed like we had went a long, long time. And things had been absolutely wonderful. Well, they weren't wonderful for me, but <laughs> because then that's when I ended up with the brain tumor that I carry around. But um, as far as our marriage, I thought things were great. But little did I know that, no, he had even been having an affairs during that time. Should and I that's plural. Affairs plural, right? Yes. And I only found this out after we were divorced. Yeah. And you married him a second time. So I'm sure there are listeners right now who are scratching their heads and thinking, what, 
what is she doing? Why did she do that? So yeah. if this is all happening, why, why did you divorce him and then marry him again? I did not know about the multiple affairs until after the second divorce. You but know about one. I, I knew, I just knew about the one. Oh my goodness. He, he, you know, just swore that it was over and, you know, and I prayed and I prayed and I will, I will have to say, I prayed about every time that I let him back into my life. These are the words. And I will go to my grave saying this because I, I know it because this is what God gave me, me, Tawny Lee. It's not for everybody else, but he gave it to me and I was obedient in it. He said, stand back and watch what I'm going to do every time. Stand back and watch what I'm going to do. Little did I know it wasn't anything about he was going to change Daryl or anything like that. It was about Tawny Lee. And if he asked me to do it again, I'd do it again. Because I am who I am today. I am where I am today because of everything that I went through. I would not be able to do what I am doing to help others had I not gone through every issue. I am thankful today for every scar that I have, every scar. You're a strong lady. Uh, there's no question. You've been through a lot, and you just mentioned sort of in passing something that would be a life-changing event for anyone else, and you just kind of tossed it off like a newspaper. You said, uh, yeah, and you know, and I was going through this brain tumor, da, da, da. <laughs> that's a big deal. It so, is a big deal. It at was what not point cancerous. did that happen? Um, I started having headaches back in 1999 and finally in 2007, I lost the hearing to my left ear and then I, then I was very wobbly. I could not walk a straight line at all. Um, I went to the doctor thinking that I probably had an ear infection or something like that. And, um, you know, the whole time I'm having all of these pains in the left side of my head and, and so um, he sends me to a specialist. The specialist is going to put in um, ear tubes. And he says, I can't do that because there's a mask there. And I'm like, oh. So um, I go, he sends me to another specialist in the Springs. And um, I walk, I have to have, you know, the CAT scan and all of that. And I walk in and Daryl's with me because we're still married at that time. And um, he puts it up on the, on the, you know, the x-ray thing, you know, where you can see it. And he's showing, showing me this very large brain tumor that's in there. And he goes, well, Tani says, I hate to tell you, but you have a brain tumor. And I said, I know it. I said, well, what are we going to do about it? Seriously, that's exactly how I reacted. Because God had already been preparing me for that. Because he had already told me I had a brain tumor. And everything was going to be okay. That he was also going to use this bruise for someone else. Daryl's sitting there and he's just sobbing and he's crying and stuff. And I'm, I'm just asking the doctor, okay, so what options do we have? Well, surgery really wasn't an option because of the fact that it goes all the way back to my brain stem and then it comes down and it wraps around my carotid artery. It's also entangled in a bunch of the nerves in the back that would affect my eyesight. And if they would do anything, I would have had a major stroke and just died. And I'm like, okay, so what's the other option? So the other option is radiation. I said, well, let's do that then. And so every week I would call and I would say, are we ready yet? Are we ready yet? And they're like, no, we're still preparing. I meet my radius radiologist for the first time 
And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is not going to be good because his bedside manner just seemed like it was so tough to me, you right. know? Well, guess what? I am his best patient. I am his most favorite patient. And he tells people that. He has a picture of, of him and I um, that we took after I finished my breast cancer with him, which I'm five years now. Um, and he has it hanging in his office. And he is an amazing, amazing believer. I'm not taking the credit for it. I'm just saying he was not a believer before. And when I, I go back in there and, you know, and they'd have to check the throat and all of that because of the radiation hit in that area and just to make sure that it's not burning up, you know, things that it's not supposed to. And I said, I'm not worried about it. I said, because I'm not going to have the symptoms like you think I am. I didn't. Was it hard? Oh, it was absolutely hard. It was tiring because it just wears your body out. Um, I take an hour to drive up there. I'd be there for like 10 minutes. Um, I'd come home and I would just sleep, you know? So yeah, they had to do the biopsy um, and it came back that it wasn't cancerous. And I see my ear specialist um, every six months because he still has to check in there because of, you know, issues and stuff. And I don't have hearing, but I have hearing aids and yeah. So, so Tony, when, when you see people who are a little whiny, a little needy, you must have very little patience for them having been through everything that you've been through. No, I have patience and I have understanding for them, but to me, there's no excuses. I have never been a glass half, you know, half empty. I've always been a glass half full no matter what, I think I've always had a pretty positive attitude. Um, that I think I get from my dad, you know, cause he was always encouraging us and stuff growing up. Um, my dad died when I was seven years old and came back to life. So he went through all kinds of surgeries and was in the hospital forever and all of that type of stuff. And so, you know, I got that from him that you just keep going until you take your last breath. You just keep going forward. So. Tony Lee Larson is the author of Healing Broken Women. It's an Amazon bestseller, and uh, she helps mentor and coach other women who need to know that they're valuable as well, uh, and does a lot of work in healing their hearts. Um, with what you went through with your your two husbands, and is there a third husband? Is there another husband out there now? No, there's not. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to know what real love was all about, but that. That I get from my heavenly father. So it's all up to him. Do you hate men? No, no. Why not? I might, I might have, having been through what you went through, I might just want to dismiss that entire gender. Well, you know what, Burke? Um, and I'm I one of them, by the way. So, you know. <laughs> um, well, I have to say that, um, you know, Everyone has a skeleton and I, I may have went through an awful lot of stuff, but I was not a perfect person either. And I did have two affairs. They were just not anything big that lasted a long time or anything, but I was so hungry for attention, so hungry for someone to pay attention to me, to listen to me, um, that, you know, if anybody would talk to me, um, you know, I would listen to them. And I, I did that too. 
And I learned how horrible and how wrong that is and how many people get damaged from that. And um, so to hate a man because of that, no. I know that there are women that do and they have very, very good validation reasons for that, but they're also still hurting themselves by holding on to that. So I've had to let go of everything so that I can heal my heart. So I've had to forgive and forgive and forgive. One of the things I think is interesting about your story, Donnie, is that you're very open about all of these things that happened. And, and we are in a society, and certainly in our generation, uh, where you tend to keep those things close to the vest and you sweep them under the rug and you're yeah. quiet about it. Quiet about it, you are not. You have no problem talking about it and uh, talking about any of these things. And I wonder how that changed, how that uh, metamorphosis happened within you to where instead of keeping it close to the vest, you put it all out there. Because he told me that it was his story to share, not my story to keep. And when you say he, you know, we've, we've danced around this a little bit. You are a very strong woman of faith. Absolutely. My God is everything to me. He is my provider. He's my husband. He's my king. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's my healer. He's my redeemer. He is, he's my counselor. He's my heavenly husband, best friend. He's everything to me. Without faith, do you think it would have been possible to get through what you've gotten through? Not for me. It would not have been. No. Um, I know a lot of people do it without, and I don't know how they do it because um, I've not been in their shoes. But for me, there would have been no other way. And it's all I've known all my life. So, so despite what you went through, um, you have been a person of faith for your entire life. Yes. Your kid. yes. Yes, I can thank my dad's dad and grandpa for that. I mean, it's just been a generational thing on my dad's side. So. And my grandmother's too, yeah. So when you do mentor other young women, you coach other young women who have been uh, betrayed or have been through uh, some sort of trauma or abuse, whether it be sexual abuse or physical abuse, which it sounds like you went through some of both, um, what's the first piece of advice that you give them? What's the first thing you tell them? Do you know who you are? So you ask a question. You've got to have value. You've got to know who you are. You've got to have worth. And are they ready to heal? And that, you know, that's the biggest thing is I think in our society today, we don't know who we are. We don't have value. We don't have worth. And it's sad. We're, we're so ready to follow anything. We can't do that. We have to protect our heart as well. Boundaries. When you, you say you ask them if they're ready to heal, I mean, to me, again, as someone who's not had to go through all of this, the answer is obvious. It's, yeah, absolutely. What do I got to do? But it sounds like there's maybe some shades of gray there. Maybe some people are not ready to heal. Well, you know, um, I wasn't ready to heal while I kept get allowing, you know, um, Daryl back in my life because I was, I was allowing myself not not saying that I wasn't doing what God was asking me, but I was not um, ready to stand up for myself. I was not ready to put those boundaries in place. I was not ready to confront all of the things that um, I had going on in my life. So 
you know, it's just like when an alcoholic or a drug addict, you know, just decide that they're ready to recovery. They've got to be ready or it's not going to work. What is different, uh, Tani, that you do in your mentoring and coaching than a, a licensed professional counselor uh, would do? Obviously, you're not a, uh, a psychiatrist. You, you can't prescribe medications. You may have thoughts one way or another on those. But, but how is what you do and, and how you help people different than someone who may be a licensed therapist? Because I've lived it. I know it works. I know the 12 steps, no matter how you put them in your life can change your life. They are now a part of my life. Those 12 steps are amazing. And they, they um, help you reach to the inside of who you are. They give you a different structure. They give you boundaries. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, I would not be here without therapists or counselors. They're amazing people. But to walk the walk and to know how I have survived and where I'm going, I think is a great, great benefit. On LinkedIn, that is my school. I put in there, it's, you know, I graduated from the School of Life. I haven't graduated yet, but that's what I went through. Was a school, school of Hard Knocks. School oh, of man, hard. it has been. But it's been the greatest teacher ever. So this, this journey that you went through in your life um, went on for years, decades, was there one defining moment in all of this happening in your life where you said, that's it, I got to make a change? Was there that aha, the light bulb goes off moment for you? And if so, tell me about it. After the second divorce, and he came to me, and that's how that recovery started. He came to me and said, I'm sick, I need some help. And so I reached out to our, our pastor and I said, do you know of any programs for sex addicts? You know, and um, so then that's what led um, him going up to Dr. Weiss in the Springs. And then I found out that they have that for um, either a partner, spouse, you know, whatever you are. Um, and so I went up there and started attending. And then that's how I found my therapist, too. Um, she was also my is my sponsor and she's a dear friend. And. So I've been doing that for four years, and that is how I have my group in my home on Wednesdays is because of, uh, because of that. And, um, you know, just going through that, and then when he came home and said that, you know, he wasn't going to do the poly, that he wasn't going to, you know, because I just questioned where, I said, well, where were you? And it was just- The poly, the poly, a polygraph the test? poly is what- you go up there and he does it for couples. He'll do it. And it's accountability. And it's, it's like a lie detector test. And there's certain questions that are asked and you either pass or you fail. And that tells you whether you're telling the truth. And it is highly, highly recommended for couples. Um, if they're going to stay together or even if they get into a new relationship or anything like that. And so just said, well, would you go up and do a poly? Because there was just something about the way that he responded. I did not believe him. And so I was guarding my heart. And by his reaction, I knew exactly what was going on, you know? And, and then his group told him that he didn't know me anything. And I was like, okay. And then that's when God said, get off the circus wheel. Because all I, it seemed like all I was doing was going around and around and around. So I did uh, enough. I'm done. I was, I was done. And women had just have to get to that point. Do you know, Dr. Weiss um, tells 
um, our conferences and stuff that it usually takes a lady seven times before she finally realizes and finally decides that enough is enough. So seven times, seven times. And to me, I am a woman that loves numbers with God and stuff. And so it's his perfected number and it is completion. He completed the world in seven days. Right. So what, um, what told you after you came through the other end of this hurricane, came through the eye of the hurricane that, that you should write a book or you could write a book, that you had the skill to write a book? And what did you do for a living before all this? Um, I have been, well, um, before I decided that I was going to have to raise my granddaughter, I was in real estate. And then I have been home and I raised her. She will be 25 in September um, because she was born to my daughter, who was this a, a very teenage child at that time um, and circumstances were not good there. So um, I've been at home and then through this recovery, I was doing, it was the second time that I did the set of books and um, step three is about our relationship with God. And I was reading out my letter to God and one of the girls in, um, had asked me in the group, asked me if I had ever thought about writing a book. And I said, no, I said, I'm going to pray about that. Well, my grandmother always wrote books and I always wrote poems and it I always just loved doing that, just writing out stories and stuff, but never thought serious about it. Right. And so I just started doing that during COVID. What other thing was I going to do? Right. So I finished up writing prayers to my, to a heavenly father and I sent it in. And actually it was two years ago yesterday that I signed my contract for Westbo to print that book. And here we are today with an Amazon yes. bestseller in the new book of Healing Broken Women. Congratulations. Thank you. Your story is very inspiring and, uh, and it absolutely is something that, that I think a lot of folks can take some, uh, some inspiration from. I wonder as we wrap up what you would like uh, our listeners to take away from your story. Well, I also wanted to say too, Burke, yesterday was my launch day of my um, Healing Hearts 12-step um, video course. And nice. so I put that all together. And so it's 12 steps and a worksheet with each video. And so I launched that out yesterday. Um, protecting yourself is, is the great thing. And the verse says, protect your heart above all things through Christ Jesus. And he means that because we are his children and he doesn't like it when we get hurt. He doesn't like it when we get damaged or bruised or beat up or anything like that. Um, and to know our self-worth, who are we? And it doesn't matter what has happened in our life. We are still valuable. We are still worth saving. We're worth healing. And we are worth doing all of the hard work to get there. We have value. Every person in the world does. I love it. And I love that you took time to spend with me today. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you, Burke. Loved it. So the website I have for you is healingheartcoaching.info. Is that the best place for folks to find you? Um, and then also the www.tonnilee.com. Tonnilee.com. Very mm -hmm. good. We'll put those links in the information section of our podcast, the uh, Big Time Talker podcast brought to you by our friends at Speaker Match. Tony Lee Larson, 
Amazon bestselling author of Healing Broken Women. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Bert. What a pleasure to have you. Thank you for listening wherever you are, whatever you do, go out and make it a great day. Thanks. Bye, everybody.